Hey, Natalie. Oh, hey, Kristen. What are you doing? Well, actually, I've been hanging out with you all day. I've been hanging out with you all day. It's been the most fun day. Yes. <laughs> we got to do all of our favorite things together. We got to be the most fun girls today in the whole world. It's a nor'easter in New York, and the weather was like so terrible all day, but it's like we didn't notice because we were having so much fun. <laughs> I know. We were being a nor'easter. We had makeup. Uh-huh. There was shopping. Uh-huh. There were videos and filming and snacks and uh-huh. dinner and all, all the things. All the things. There were dark chocolate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A little coffee break. We had mm. roses. <laughs> My favorites. <laughs> and now here we are doing a Create Podcast. Here we are. So um, for those of you that might be new to the Create Podcast, we are Kristen and Natalie and we teach these cool, if I don't say so myself, classes say over it. at the Actors Green Room. Uh, we teach these classes called Create, and these classes are all designed for artists, and let us also say that we believe everyone is an artist. Mm-hmm. And so these classes are really to unlock the artist inside of yourself and break through the conditioning and the limiting beliefs that keep you out of your artistry and basically living a life that you're so excited to wake up every day and live. And we believe that everyone has a vision inside of them of who they are and the life they want to live. And so it's about stripping away all of the things that are keeping you out of that to realize it's all here at your fingertips. And we love teaching this because we love living it. So (laughs) the more we teach it, the more we get to live it for ourselves. And this week with CREATE... We got to teach a really great class that I think was one of our favorites to teach so far. It was really, um, it was so moving and so deep and so energized. It's it's almost hard to describe. Yeah, and, and I think it was funny because we didn't see it coming. We did not see it coming. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, well, th- this, this is it. Well, you know those moments in life um, where you really are like, oh, this is going to be so good. And then you show up and it's like, oh, it was kind of just okay. And then the moments in life where you're like, well, who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. And it ends up being so phenomenal. That's kind of what um, teaching this topic felt like. It was like, I think we knew... And we're both living this topic this week, but seeing it come alive in our community's faces and lives was so powerful that I don't think we uh, could grasp how cool it was going to be. So not to build up your expectations, right? right? (laughs) But this week was about going from being an amateur to being a professional. And a lot of this lecture was taken from Stephen Pressfield's awesome book, Turning Pro. Yay, Stephen, we love you. Oh, he's so incredible. Go check out his website, and he has three books that have been really influential to Natalie and I. One is The War of Art, the second one is Turning Pro, and the third one is Do the Work. And he believes very deeply in Dharma, the way that Natalie and I do, in terms of you were born for a purpose. There's something that wants to come out of you that can only come through you. And Stephen says he could divide his life into two different um, periods. It was before turning pro and after. And he Mm -hmm. says, after is better. Mm -hmm. And before turning pro, he talks about the amateur life, is really being the life of hiding or the life of the shadow artist, which we've talked about before, which is finding a way to distract yourself from actually being present and facing your fears and doing the work. And one of my favorite things is when he talks about when you're an amateur, (laughs) this is a great quote, the sure sign of an amateur is that he has a million plans and they all start tomorrow. Oh, right. (laughs) And we all know this in ourselves. Oh, I know this so well. (laughs) Right? And we, so, so we all know that where we have this life inside of us that we know we're meant to be living 
and where we've kind of put that on layaway to like one day I then will do this. Right? Isn't the mark of the amateur saying not yet, not now, not ready, not enough? Yes. And um, I think that what's really powerful is stepping into pro energy isn't actually waiting for the moment for the rest of the world to agree with you Mm -hmm. so that you take a stand for it. It's just living the practices and the habits as if you're already living that life because you believe so fervently that it's coming. And and that's what we really discovered as we went deep into this lecture, that it's about the habits of the professional that you take on that then create the outer reality of you as the professional. So this is really interesting. Is We talk a lot about inner and outer world mm. and about how the inner world has to happen first. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, the amateur, this is a quote, allows his worth and identity to be defined by others. The amateur creates third-party validation. The amateur is tyrannized by his imagined conception of what is expected of him. He is imprisoned by what he believes. He ought to think how he ought to look, what he ought to do, and who he ought to be. So it's like trying to play the game of the world, trying to play the game of what you think the world wants you to be, what the world wants you to do, as opposed to getting really still and really quiet and saying, who do I want to be? What is my inner voice, my higher self, calling me to do and create and be and let me commit to that first without needing validation from the outer world and you know what I think sometimes comes up for us is that let's say we have a specific thing that we're working through right it's like this specific problem always seems to show up in my life I feel like I'm always working on let's just for example say self-doubt So I'm in a moment and I feel self-doubt and that sort of feels like the thing that holds me back from becoming the pro or living my dharma, living my purpose, being who I'm meant to be, nailing the audition, whatever the scenario is. And then it's like you do so much work on yourself and then all of a sudden you find yourself in a different circumstance and all of a sudden self-doubt is there again and you start to feel angry at yourself or like you did something wrong and you feel like you're in the energy of the amateur and you're saying to yourself, but didn't I work on this? Wasn't this a problem I went through when I was in my 20s or in my teens? Like, why is this coming back again? What's really fascinating is um, in the yoga sutras, they actually talk about our habits And they actually talk about our conditions and basically our stuff. So if my stuff is insecurity or self-doubt, what the Yoga Sutra says is that when I am in my healthy, my holistic practices, the practices that are in alignment with my Dharma and my purpose, I will still have that stuff, but it lies dormant. The minute I think, oh, I've worked it out, I stop doing those habits, I stop doing those practices, and what will happen is that self-doubt or my stuff will show up again, not because I did something wrong or to tell me, look at you, you're still an amateur, but it shows up to say, I actually know that you're a professional, and I'm showing up to just indicate to you that you are off your professional path that you have now taken the road over here, the detour of amateur, and I know that's not who you are, so I'm going to reveal myself to you so you can get back on your right path. And so then it's just an opportunity, rather than shaming ourselves or thinking we've done something wrong, when our stuff comes up, it's like the opportunity to say, 
oh, I've just um, left the path of yoga is what we, we call it. And, you know, what my teacher calls it is like a warning, leaving the state of yoga, leaving the path of yoga. But really what that means is I have gotten off of the habits that have put me in the world of pro. So my stuff will come up to remind me who you really are as a pro. You need to reinforce those habits. Oh, that's so good. And it's always like life is giving us that constant feedback, that it's the practices that keep us in tune with our inner self, our inner world. Mm. And I love this quote that says, what happens when we turn pro is we finally listen to that still small voice inside our heads. At last, we find the courage to identify the secret dream or love or bliss that we have known all along was our passion, our calling, our destiny. Mm. That is... That's everything That's everything. That's everything we believe in. Right. It's about getting still enough and saying, I'm going to just like pop out of the world for a moment so I can go inside and really listen to that voice. And that voice knows what my destiny is, what my calling is. Mm. And now... I will commit to that voice, and all I need to do is start to install practices, mm. habits that get me dancing or in dialogue mm. with that vision, with that destiny. One thing that's so interesting that positive psychology talks about a lot is that it's actually impossible to get rid of a habit without filling that void with another habit. Because inevitably what will happen is if we leave the void, it's like nature abhors a vacuum. If we leave the void, something will fill that space. Mm -hmm. So for us in our humanity, let's say, for example, someone's trying to quit smoking. Well, if all of a sudden it's like, that's it, I'm going to quit smoking. And then you take that stimulus, that habit out of your life, but you don't replace it with something else you are setting yourself for failure because inevitably that same habit is going to fill the space with itself because it feels like the right puzzle piece for the puzzle. And so what we must always do is if there's a habit that's not working for us, if there's a habit that's in alignment with being an amateur, then what we must do is say, I'm going to get rid of this, but I must replace it with a pro habit. Otherwise, the void of space that I leave is going to just make it a fertile ground for the old habit to just show back up. Oh. And it's, it's this cool quote that uh, Stephen, our BFF, says, the difference between an amateur and a professional is in their habits. An amateur has amateur habits. A professional has professional habits. We can never free ourselves from habit, but we can replace bad habits with good ones. We can trade the habits of the amateur and the addict for the practice of the professional and the committed artist or entrepreneur. So in a way, this whole week is about... Let's just look and see, and see what habits are not serving us and what might be a good habit to put in practice instead of this other habit. I love when you were saying the other night, you were saying um, sort of the things that define an amateur and often the thing that defines amateurs are our addictions. Yes. And so many artists in our industry... Um, are sort of a lot of their identity is revolved around their addictions and it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a drugs one or that alcohol. we know of yeah right. exactly um it there are actually addictions to things like busyness uh-huh and work and <laughs> sex and failure and distractions and social media or yes. chasing the money yes or victimhood yes. i'm so um 
I'm so addicted to being the person who doesn't win. Yes. I'm so addicted to negative thinking. I'm mm. so addicted to protecting myself. I'm so addicted to jealousy. Oh, I'm so addicted to comparing. Mm, right? Exactly right. So I think that as artists, we're actually very, very trained and indoctrinated in these sort of addictions that are designed to keep us amateurs. And wouldn't the most powerful thing in the world be for us all to turn pro and say, oh, those things actually don't define me. Isn't that cute that there's this story that an, ar an artist has to be starving or an artist, in order to like have access to their deep emotions, has to be really like messed up inside. Has to be in trouble, has to be in chaos, has to have messy relationships. Yeah. That an artist, the most productive artist is the one that just lives a very simple life mm. that just sits down and does the work. Mm. And whatever work is in front of them to do today, they do that. I had a beautiful teacher once, Michelle Lonsdale-Smith, mm -hmm. and I actually know that Larry Moss, who's a very famous acting teacher, reflects the same philosophy, that the best thing an artist can do is carve out their interior landscape so that your empathy and compassion can be so big that you don't have to have experienced the darkness and the drama of whatever character you're playing because your lightness, your empathy, your compassion for humanity is so big and so deep that you can hold it all without having ever experienced it. So it's like the more whole you become, the more you can offer to humanity in your art. And isn't it funny that these addictions are just distractions that make it seem like our life is busy and full and there's a lot going on and that we feel alive and we feel in touch with all these emotions. But really what we want is a very peaceful existence where we can commune with the artist part of ourselves that want to take these energies and put them into our work. Oh, absolutely. And isn't that that when we talk about um, our addictions, we, we just assume that we're not interesting without them. Ooh. We assume that our addictions are what make us who we are, is what makes us a good artist, but it's actually the antithesis of everything that we're here to do because, you know, I mean, I know the feeling of having had like way too many cocktails and you get up the next day and you have to have a meeting or go to an audition and you do not feel clear and you do not have the most energy and you do not feel your best self. And you know what? Sometimes that night is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but there are other times when it's like that wasn't the pro in me taking a stand for the work that I'm here to do for what my dharma is. That's exactly right. And he talks a lot about, you know, without even realizing it on a subconscious level, it's fear that has us invest in these distractions and these addictions because we're actually afraid that when we sit down to do the work, we won't be enough. Oh. Right? So That's everything, though. That's it, everything. It's everything. So this, this is a great one. It says... Um, the amateur dreads becoming who she really is because she fears that this new person will be judged by others as different. Mm. The tribe will declare us as weird or queer or crazy. The tribe will reject us. Here's the truth. The tribe doesn't give a shit. There is no <laughs> tribe. That gang or posse that we imagine is sustaining us by the bonds we share is in fact a conglomeration of individuals who are just as fucked up as we are and just as terrified. Uh. Every individual is so caught up in his own bullshit that he doesn't have two seconds to worry about yours or mine or to reject or diminish us because of it. When we truly understand that the tribe doesn't give a damn, we are free. <laughs> there is no tribe and there never was. Our lives are entirely up to us. So uh. here's the thing. Our lives, the key to our lives is in our hands. Mm. And 
a lot of us feel that responsibility and it can become a little freaky. But if we can, you know, Kathy Preston, do you know her? Who uh, She's a vegan and um, she has some great books, but she talks about when, when becoming vegan to lean into it. Mm. Like you don't have to go whole All hog the, way. the first uh-huh. day. Just like choose one new um, habit or one different eating choice, right? I like to think of it the same way with turning pro. Mm. Just one new habit. Mm. So like often when I'm coaching writers, we do 15 minutes a day. No, you don't have to take three hours a day. You'll never be able to make good on that. Right. But you can always sit down for 15 minutes a day. I know you do the same thing with spiritual practice when people come to see you. Oh, 100%. The number one thing when people come to see me and work individually is um, people complain to me. The number one complaint is there are not consistent results in my life. Yeah. Sometimes I have an audition. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes my life goes well. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I have money. Sometimes I don't. And then my question is always... Well, then what in your life is actually consistent? Because I could probably tell you that what is happening consistently is not good enough, worry, self-doubt, not enough, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I can guarantee you that the negative self-talk is the only thing consistent in your life. So the only thing that's showing up consistently is inconsistency. So what I work with people on is three minutes a day little bit. Sometimes all we have to offer is three minutes a day, but if we are not willing to sit with ourselves and find ourselves interesting enough to be with ourselves for three minutes a day, whether it's chanting or journaling or sitting quietly or breathing or looking out our own window, just being with ourselves, if we don't find ourselves interesting enough to fill that space every single day to go in and have that self-care time, how can we ever expect any audition room we walk into for us to be able to take presence and fill the space of three minutes and have any casting director in the world think we are interesting enough to fill that space? It will never happen. Because at the end of the day, it's so uh, interesting what this quote is saying. It's like, no one cares about us because they care about them. I'm in my own head wondering what everyone thinks about me, and you're in your own head wondering what everyone thinks about you, so neither of us are thinking about each other because we're both thinking about ourselves. Right. So it's this beautiful thing when we can surrender to what's the casting director, what's the director, what's the person on the bus thinking about me. It's like, oh, they're not. Yeah. They're Doesn't thinking matter. about them. So. I have the grand and single responsibility to think for and about myself, and I must take a stand every day as the professional I am to to be with myself and love being with myself. Oh, it's so good. Mm. And like, you know, I love the Joseph Campbell quote that says the privilege of a lifetime is being yourself. And when we can deeply fall in love with who we are and deeply fall in love with our own personal destiny, vision, dharma, mm. and say, this is so great that this is what I get to bring into the world. And I don't need anything besides what is right in front of me. Yeah. And to commit to showing up to be a vehicle for this to come into the world. Yeah. And he talks about, you know, when we become a professional, this is a great quote. The professional does not wait for inspiration. He acts in anticipation of it. Mm. So whatever that practice is that you want, if, if you want more fitness in your life, the practice of working out. Right. Or if, if you want to write something, the practice of sitting down at the computer. If you want to 
be an actor and bring rich characters into the world. The practice of doing the work. That we're not waiting on the outside world to give us validation or to give us the proof of it. But if we create a consistent practice, the world in response will hear us and give us more opportunities to flex those muscles. And it's so true. If we think about the things that we have the deepest relationship with on the planet... Like, if I think about what is my deepest relationship on the planet, it's probably food. Uh Because food is something I have every day, several times a day. So that relationship is my deepest relationship. Why? Because of quantity and consistency. So it's like, what actually do we get in the deepest partnership with? And what gives us the results we want to get, whatever we do consistently? When I work with people one-on-one, I often talk about... Let's say, let's define your goal. Let's define where you want to be. And for example, if the goal we set is I want to have clean teeth and a healthy mouth, then I would say, okay, great. That's the goal. Then how do we get there? And if I gave you two options of how to get there, you could brush your teeth once a week for seven minutes, or you could brush your teeth every day for one minute. Pick whichever one you want. In order to get the goal of the healthy teeth, clean mouth, you are going to say, well, I mean, of course, every day for one minute. Exactly right. Because what you do on the regular, what you do consistently is what creates change in your life. And that's what a pro does. A pro is willing to say, I'm the person who does it when I don't want to do it. I'm the person who does it because it is what my life's path is to do this. And so I don't give myself an option to not do it. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't give myself a way out. And I think it's an interesting thing that no one else is going to come into our lives and make us a pro at something. Right. So no one is ever going to come up and be like, here's the professional card, right? Right. It's like no one's ever going to elect us to that spot yes. until we do it to ourselves first. So on the inner world, we say, I'm an A-list director, I'm an A-list writer, I'm an A-list actor. We put ourselves in that spot and we develop the habits of that person and then we watch what the world does. Because isn't the phenomena of the overnight success such a fun thing? Because if if the media or, or Variety or TMZ says, this person was an overnight success and then you interviewed said person, they would say, yes, this big director cast me in their film and it was a big leap for me but how long have they been pounding the pavement how uh-huh. long have they been in acting class how long have they been curious about life and, and taking trips films. and talking to people in student films and like there's no such thing as an overnight success because even someone who gets a giant job their first time out the gate the internal work they've been doing is not to be disputed yes. there's a level of pro that attracts the big opportunity so if you you want to attract the big opportunity you have to live as if you already are that opportunity and that's I think what this week's lecture is all about is all right let's give ourselves the career of the professional mm. and let's look at our habits and say how can I make my life first reflect the habits of the professional we talked a little bit about getting out of balance with sometimes people put survival ahead of the dream, ahead of the dharma. And that is a great, like, straight pathway to misery. Mm. And I think you and I have both seen that with people we've worked with, Mm. where they're so drained by their day job, they're so drained by trying just to make a buck to pay rent, 
But what they're doing is they're doing something that is not in alignment with their soul and then barely squeaking by and wondering why it's not working. Absolutely. When there are gifts that we've been given that we have magical powers with that no one else on the world has, and when we activate the part of us that is that like special purpose, and we say, I do my dream first, mm. and then after I do my dream, then I can, I can do these other things. Yes. But the dream cannot take a back seat. That's right. The dream must be in the front seat or our souls will always feel starved. Yeah. And we'll always feel like we're working from depletion. And then the outer world will reflect that depletion to us. And I know that you and I believe with our whole hearts because we have lived this and we have seen this and we've coached other people on this. The universe cannot wait to pay you to be exactly who you were born to be. Yes. And if you are being someone else... It does not reward that no. because it can't. There's a verse in the Bible that I love that says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And if we think of this kingdom of God as the kingdom of good, the kingdom of right action, the kingdom of dharma, the kingdom of being in concert and relationship with your soul, if you seek first those things that are of your soul, mm. then everything else shows up. Yes. And we weren't taught that. Yes. No one said, our parents did not tell us, (laughs) go after your soul first, baby. Yes. And all of your needs will be met. Yes. But it's something that I've seen work in so many people. The moment they said, I'm going to serve my soul and continue to take other actions. But also, but number one, my soul, the universe has a way of standing up and applauding that and, 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 Showing us immediately, yes, baby, go here, yes. do this. I say, I say, go. I say, yes. go. It's something uh, Paul Colello talks about in The Alchemist that there's there's a, a sensation of beginner's luck, but it's not really luck at all. It's that when you really get in alignment with what your purpose is, the universe will show you, like, yes, ding, 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 ding. This is exactly where you should go. This is the path to pro. That's Keep going. Right. There's this great quote that says. When we turn pro, we stop running from our fears. We turn around and face them. So those fears are never going to go away. Those fears of, do I have something to say? Am I any good enough? All of those things, it's not that they go away. It's just that we're willing to be brave enough and walk forward in the face of them. I really feel like the number one thing that separates an amateur from a pro is an amateur looks at fear and says, I have to deal with all the problems in my life. I have to deal with all the things I'm afraid of and get myself ready to be a pro. Mm. And a pro just says, oh, I was born a pro. And if this fear is showing up, it means I already have the tools to handle it. So I'm not going to delay myself anymore. I'm just going to walk through the fire and trust I have everything I need or the fire wouldn't show up. I will show up and do the work. Yeah. I will show up and do the work. There's this great list of qualities and habits that a professional possesses. Mm. And uh, I'll just read some of them and cut me off if I'm going too long. Oh, no, go forever. Okay. So the professional shows up every day. The professional stays on the job all day. The professional is committed over the long haul. For the professional, the stakes are high and real. The professional's patient. The professional seeks order. The professional demystifies. I love that one. It's not the secret thing. It demystifies the artistic process. The professional acts in the face of fear. 
The professional accepts no excuses. The professional plays it as it lays. That's powerful too. I love that. You don't one. need the world to be different for mm-hmm. you to do what you do. Yes. You do what you do and the world will become different. Uh, I mean, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The professional is prepared. The professional does not show off. The professional dedicates himself to mastering technique. The professional does not hesitate to ask for help. Mm. The professional does not take failure or success personally. Ah. Does the fruits of the labor and then let's, let's go. It go. Right? Like does 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 the work, let's go. Um, the professional does not identify with his or her instrument. Mm. The mm. professional endures adversity. The professional self-validates. Mm. The professional reinvents herself. The professional is recognized by other professionals. Mm. And as, as we said, this whole list is from Stephen Pressfield. And if you want to go deeper into Turning Pro, read the book. It's life-changing. Absolutely. But you can just see how being a professional is a choice. Yeah. And it's an everyday choice. Yeah. And that you show up for the work as it appears in front of you. Yeah. And you show up even when there's fear. Yeah. And you show up for the next right action. And if we think about an amateur being subject to their addictions and a pro being the person who transcends that then absolutely every moment of every day it will be easier to be an amateur it'll be easier to say oh I'm gonna have that drink even though I shouldn't yes oh it would be easier to just get that hit oh it would be easier to just click buy and and shop a little bit too much or gamble it would be easier to do those things because that will soothe something inside of you But being the pro is saying, I'm not here to just do what everyone else is doing. I'm here to show the world that there's another way to be. There's another way to live. There's another path to take. And it is only through me being the trailblazer who's brave enough to walk down this path that possibly I can teach other people to do the same. You know, there's an interesting equation I think we can look at in our daily life just today. Did I consume more Mm. or did I create more? Mm. Yes. Right? So today, like, we're supposed to do both. Yes. And both are beautiful and holy and and lovely. It's great to consume stuff. People make art. I want to look at it. I want to buy it. I want to do stuff with it. I want to celebrate it. But on a daily basis, am I in the process of creation or consuming more? Mm. And all we want is that 51% in creation. Yes, that's right. Right? That's right. And whatever that looks like for you, every single person is as unique as a snowflake. Every person's dharma is unique. But you are here to live your dharma and only you can live it. So what is so important is can you get to be the investigator? Can you get to be curious about what might my dharma be and how might it want to come through me? Which means all of us desperately need more than anything if we want to be pro a daily personal practice Mm -hmm. that is what it comes down to a daily tuning in a daily moment of pause of journaling of meditating of tuning in to say show me what you want me to do today universe higher power myself show me what the right step is today and if we can all start to experiment with what that might be in our lives whether it's chanting or music or writing or journaling or sitting quietly or walking in nature or spending time with a friend whatever that is every day if we can start to investigate that process then we will see that the universe cannot wait to come and support us in being the pro 
that we were born in this world to be. Yes, I always feel like the universe only ever wants intimacy with us. Yes. It's like, baby, I'm trying to love you. I'm trying to give you all the answers. I'm trying to show you which way to go. Just tune into me. Yeah. Just listen a little bit and ask me for help. Ask me to show you, and I cannot wait. Yeah. Let's let it be this two-way conversation so that I can show you how I'm right here. Yeah. I got you. And it's so interesting that we might be resistant to how easy it actually is. Mm. We've been so indoctrinated that it has to be hard work. That we have to We have to stay all day and be at the grindstone and do the things we dislike. And what if, on the other side of all of that, what if all of that is actually the mark of the amateur? And what if for the professional, it can actually be fun and easy and joyous and juicy and you can get paid more money for it than you ever thought was possible. And all you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is show up. That's right. Mm -hmm. So we'll leave you with this final quote from our dear boyfriend, Stephen Pressfield. (laughs) And uh, it says, What we get when we turn pro is we find our power. We find our will and our voice and we find our self-respect. We become who we always were, but had until then been afraid to embrace and to live out. Mm. So if it's who we always were and who we were always meant to be, there's that part of us that's just waiting for us to embrace it and say, okay, now. And if we're truly going to become a professional, then we can't wait for someone else to do it for us. Because that's what an amateur does. Mm. We have to take a stand and know who we are so other professionals can then recognize us as such. That's right. And if you really loved this topic and you loved um, Stephen's work and you loved what we offered here, we encourage you to check out this um, Create Lecture on Demand because we did a really cool, juicy exercise. Ooh, I love that exercise. And it's a really cool opportunity for you to really understand what a really great personal practice might be for you. So if you loved this, then go over to the Actors Green Room website under create online and check out this lecture you can download it online and uh, you can get a little deeper into this whole experience with us all we want to do is hang out with all you pros <laughs> yeah let's all just be pros together let's all be pros together let's all be pros together and do our work yeah um all right well we uh we love you <laughs> as always we really do love you we love you we love your dharma we uh-huh. love what you came to this world to do And uh, we love that you are taking a stand for that artist, that creator, even in the face of whatever is happening in your life. And know that we are not waiting for inspiration because we know that you are in this world. And we live in anticipation for your greatness. Thanks for being with us today. Until next time. Until next time, check us out on the Create Community page or um, Instagram and Twitter at the Create Playgroup. All the juicy love, and we'll see you next week. Juicy love! (laughs) Bye! If you want to know about the Create Workshop Series, you can go to www.thecreateseries.com And if you want to know more about us, you can go to kristenhenge.com or natalieroy.com And if you want to come to Create, you can go to The Actors Green Room in New York City Um, And it is Sunday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And their website is www.theactorsgreenroom.com and you can buy Create On Demand if you don't live in New York City. Woohoo!